Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I am joined, as always, by the one and only Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How is your holiday week going? Uh, better. Here's <laughs> my question. <laughs> better. Yeah, we're uh, we're we're for the listeners who, you know, avidly refresh their podcatcher every week to hear our dulcet tones as we yammer on about Marvel and Star Wars crap. Uh, we took the week off. The, for the, the, the first time just, uh, ever. 225 yeah, episodes. In our four years of uh, of doing this show, it just was not planned. Um, nope. I, uh, as we've talked about, I have been traveling and came back up north for, uh, for the last holiday here in my parents' farmhouse in northern Indiana. And uh, it just didn't uh, didn't work out. It's yeah. We you know, we, we had a, a we had a it was a tricky time. We had so. like we had uh, was it the day after tomorrow the the perfect storm that ev- mm. everything thrown that you know it, like in the most inopportune time. So you had that stuff. I went on a Disney yeah. trip, which was planned, and we were mm-hmm. going to work around it. Right. We had the holidays anyway, so we had Christmas, right. Right. and mm-hmm. and because of your traveling, you have got Christmas you know, travel time and in there more than other people with travel time. Yeah, we did our, we did our Christmas, uh, a day, two days. No, uh, yeah. Two days late. We did Christmas Eve on the 26th and Christmas day yesterday, the 28th, no seventh, right? Whatever. And the big thing in that one is I got, I got COVID during that time, which was, that's right. That was, that was the, the, the biggest, like impediment because we were we were you know pushing our our time window anyway and then that mm-hmm. day that day hit and we're like and you and I had put it off trying to get, work around all our schedule stuff and then you I remember you messaging me like hey how you feeling I was like yeah probably yeah probably, it was already not happening it was already not ideal for other scheduling reasons for me and I was like hey I bet you're not feeling up for it yeah and uh, uh yeah. For for listeners, the the I won't won't spend a lot of time with the COVID stuff except to say that um, I I did get it with a lot of people. As I mentioned, I went to Disney vacation and we were safe and stuff. Right, you were in a uh, pretty um, place. Omicron or Omicron. Everyone is, is out there and super. What's it called? Super contagious. So you know, easy to get. Mm-hmm. Um, so as, as safe as we were, you know, and we had to have got. We figured we had to have gotten it on our first day, um, because oh, wow. the the. We were only there for three days and on our trip and, right. and it takes yeah. two, it says five to six days incubation time, but the new one is supposed to take potentially up to two down to two days. So either we got it before we okay. left, which we hadn't seen anybody or we got it mm-hmm. on that traveling day, um, which we did go into some crowded areas with our masks on anyway. So um, sure. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that, that, that did that. And, uh, for listeners and, um, I, it was not a, a difficult thing. I'm very lucky. I'm, am vaccinated two shots and boosted and Sydney was with me and she's also mm. vaccinated. So because of that, we already had a built up, you know, immune system for response and we had a fever for the first day. Um, sure. Another thing to say, I, w- I want to put a little caveat in this is that we beat ourselves up pretty good. Like we, because it's Sydney and I, and we, this is a trip that we've done so many times before, we mm-hmm. pushed it to the wall. It's not like we would always do this, but we we planned it. We planned it at the shortest trip we'd ever gone there, three days solid. So we hardly right. had any sleep whatsoever. The days were 
the first day it was 67 the next day it was 90 and then the next day it was 62 with pouring oh, down rain wow. and wind so it, it was difficult like it, it, our bodies I were think, beat down yeah yeah you're already i think i had similar uh like take all those numbers for weather except bring everything down about 10 degrees maybe oh, 15 yikes. yeah and and i had a pretty similar if it's the weekend i'm thinking of because i was in as mentioned, I was in Alabama, and I had a Saturday that was like 72, maybe up to 74, like mm-hmm. in the middle, you know, like one or two in the afternoon. Yeah. And then it was like 40s, 50s the whole rest of the week. And I was I was so annoyed with myself because on that Saturday when the weather was really nice, I went, I drove to the next town over because I was camping and bought groceries right so i went to walmart and spent some time in a walmart mm-hmm. freaking walmart and it it um it's you know i'm in a strange place i don't know and, and right. the other stores are like something called Foodland, which i never heard of <laughs> like, I'm like you're looking I for a kroger a... and all you get is a Publix, right <laughs> yeah i'm like this well i i know of Publix. i've never been to one but i'm like <laughs> i know that would be good and i'm like i almost went to an aldi but uh I didn't have any quarters to get a cart. And so I'm like, (laughs) that's funny. They they still do that. And I don't have any change here. So I didn't plan this well enough, but the next (laughs) town is almost 40 minutes away. So I drove there, went shopping, came back, like made food and was like, maybe I should go like on a hike or something, but it gets dark as I've talked about that before in the central time zone. It gets dark at like five and I'm like, I don't have really time to drive somewhere and figure out how it works and go for a hike. I'm like, (laughs) you know what? That new Spider-Man movie is coming out. Has come out. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go see that, and then maybe I'll do hike or something in the morning. Like I'll get get going a little earlier in the day. And so I went. This is really more part of our our Spider-Man talk. But I wanted to go to the matinee, so I didn't get back to camp really late. So I went to go to the 4:30, and it was sold out. You're right. Yeah. And so I had to I had to go to the 6:30, and. Again, the theater was like 40 minutes away from camp. So I just hung out. I actually went to a different Walmart for a little while and just hung out. Because I'm like, I can't drive back. I could drive back and then turn around and come all the way back out here. So I'll just wait around. And it was basically my whole day was inside. Mm. And then it was cold the whole rest of the week. And I'm like, I had a good, nice day where I had an opportunity oh, to, to go, go for your do hike something. And stuff. Yeah. Oh, and I still, you know, I still got out and walked around. Like it wasn't like up here. It was probably in the thirties oh, right. and down there it was like, you know, in the middle of the day, it would get up to the high forties, low fifties, which is still right. warm enough that I don't need a coat to, you know, go for a half hour walk or something. Well, that, but, that, that was kind uh, of the problem is when we had the, the temperature changes. So yeah. Like poor, that's poor I, Sid. I, was... I, didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to derail your story, but it's already like, if you're going through, some kind of rapid temperature changes uh your body is already you know can be somewhat compromised just dealing with that yeah Yeah. and and our wear our gear we were wearing was was difficult to do and like i said poor sydney she was Mm. trying her best she had one day when it was really hot she'd wore a hot like jeans and a a, a shirt because in the morning it was a little cool but it just got 90 degrees in that so you know you're sweating and tired and we we did some really inefficient walking i'm going to give a little mini review here disney launched this new thing called disney genie and they they changed all of their fast pass type stuff into it 
It's basically a big data. Wait, I, I think I saw that in the 90s. That was a Robin Williams. <laughs> right, yes. That's what they, they went for. Okay. Uh, so it's a big data science project. This this seems like hmm. Disney does all these things where they put kind of all their chips in one basket, right? They do a big thing, and they if they're going to commit, okay. they commit hardcore to something, right? Um, okay, sure. So they, they commit to this, this new thing called uh, Disney Genie just as of like a month or two ago. And hmm. it's an app. So your your Disney experience is supposed to be all tied to an app, right? One of the things that Disney, taking a Disney trip is known for is that it's very difficult to um, like figure what to do and where to go. It's overwhelming with too many things, right? And you just don't know okay, what to do. Sure. So they thought that well, they have all this data on their user people that where they go and how they go and times and stuff that they can just do an mm-hmm, app mm-hmm. that will tell you what to do and when and where and, and have you do stuff, right? Okay, sure. I know, right? Uh, so, and especially for someone like me who... I, d- I don't know why I'm, like, I'm greeting that with skepticism. I've only been to one Disney park, and that was the Anaheim one. And yeah. as I've said before when we talk about this topic, what impressed me about the park, because I was an adult and not a mm-hmm. child and also not a huge... Like, I don't I don't mind Disney, except I'm you know generally against monopolies. Yeah. Um, what impressed me about the park was how... Like the the systems, like the the engineering, the social engineering that goes into it. So I don't, you know, I'm not I'm not automatically skeptical of some new system, except that very often, very often when you hear like, you know, oh, the city is gonna, you know, they're putting these um, um, parking meters, but they also have an app where you can do parking and you don't have to deal with the meters. And I'm like. Okay, sure. I'll bet that app works great. I'll <laughs> right. bet if I go to download it on the Apple App Store, it's going to have 1.7 stars. Right, yeah. Or that, whatever. That, that's kind of the, the, the long and short review of this thing. It's that, um, hmm. like, we, we, are, we are definitely what I would call old hats at this, right? We know what we're doing, and sure, we, have, yeah. we, have a, we have a plan and an attack, and we have the, the, the know-it things. Stuff like, and, and it's very helpful to have someone like me necessarily to help you to say things like, you want to, it's called Rope Drop. Haunted Mansion, which means go there very first. It always has a long line, like two hours. It's a terrible queue. Like it's outside and it's just, mm-hmm. it's horrible. It's not like the newer rides where they entertain you. It's just an awful queue. It's worth it to go on. Everybody wants to go on it and okay. it's really fun. Right. Uh, but it's so long and it never really gets low. But if you, and it's all the way in the back in the park. So if you just like jet to it, ignore all the glitz and glamour that's all around you. You know that you want to like mm-hmm. be tempted to go to. If you ignore all that and go straight to Haunted Mansion, that's the best thing to do. Period. Hands down, that is like sure. a great piece of advice. So this is to simulate okay. that. Like Disney Genie would tell you that. Like say, hey, yeah. you want to go to yeah. this? There's no way. We we had one of those. We had a guy who lived in California when we went to Anaheim, and he was like, "Yeah, we'll do this. Do this. Put your name on the list for this. Whatever their fast exactly thing they did. Now this twenty years ago, but." Okay, so they're they're trying to have an app that simulates that kind of like yes. expert guide. You got it. That's exactly yeah. right. And you can look at you can look at this like that ride and see where it's projected to be like slow during the day between one and two. It gets slower. It's projected to be mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's 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 all using data science. The problem is is that you know you and I have created applications before. I can look at this and say it's very frustrating. It's got so many things. It's definitely made by a computer scientist. Where they're like, hmm. they're trying to do, put everything up front and all over the place and just throw everything at you instead of, yeah. you know, instead of just being very simple, clean design, it's everything. 
and and then nothing at the same time. So like it's giving me right. twenty things, and of them, I just want one thing that none of them it's giving me. <laughs> right? Like I want to find where a food yeah. place is around yeah. here. Well, you you can do that if you go into the menu, then click utilities, then click the map, then do the search algorithm thing at the top, the filtering thing, and then find the foods. It's like right. why right. isn't that seems like the most important thing in the world? But it's so deep. It, it, so it's terrible. It's like, that's just a horrible yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I'm going on too long on that one. But we decided to give it a try. Like, we're going to try to use it and see what it does. Um, and, and a very important thing, too, is that they've also rolled their fast pass. It's called Lightning Lane now. Their fast pass into it. Right. You have to get up at 7 o'clock. At 7 o'clock. Before, you could, like, si- sign up six months in advance to get whatever, like, your first, mm. your first two. Um, okay. And then once you, the system was that once you rode the ride or did the attraction, you, then you are now able to sign up for another one that day. Right. Okay. And, and they sell okay. out. There's only so many they sell during the day. So, you know, if you, do, you choose mm-hmm. to get like a real popular one in the late of the day, it probably will be not have available for fast pass. So, you know, pick things wisely anyway. So this, yeah. they, yeah. they like, okay, we're, we're doing this genie thing. Uh, every at seven o'clock on the day of, Everyone can now do their, that's when they can do their first fast pass. So now everyone has to wake up at seven in the clock in the morning, even if your park doesn't open till 10. Right. And I'm sure that the, I'm sure that the web, uh, uh, interface or whatever for that reservation thing works about as well as the, uh, event registration for Gen Con yes. on a normal non pandemic Well, actually, year. actually it worked smooth. There was no like. Whatever they had for their server stuff was really well done. It was smooth. The problem was is the okay. app itself was confusing on how you sign up. It's like okay. lightning lane things, and then it starts suggesting lightning lane things based on its data science mm. of you. And you're like, no, okay. I want to get Star Wars Rise of Resistance, <laughs> right? And you're like, well, you have to go through yeah, like yeah. three menus past the thing that it's suggesting for you to do. And by that time, it's already gone, right? Because you weren't interesting. It's, it, so there's interesting. A, a lot of that. The app is in your face, in your way. So we we ended up getting some things, and we we're like, by the third day, we were just like, whatever we can get, man, whatever. We don't even care, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, so because of that, you you do get right on on a, a ride, and you get to bypass the lines, which is really nice. So you're guaranteed two to three rides per day that are super long that you can get right on. But it is. It does not care where you are at the, in the park. So if we're right. going around like in a circle around the park, invariably, the line it came like one o'clock and our lightning lane is due, and it's on the other side of the park. Mm. So every single day we would have to walk all the way back to the other side of the park, ride our ride, walk mm-hmm. back all the way to the other side of our ride to the park an hour and a half later walk back to the other side of the park so we did over 30 what thirty five thousand steps every single day Jeez. and it wore us out because just following this lightning lane genie pass thing we we're trying to follow its suggested yeah, path yeah. and then it would say it it again it would say okay your lightning lane up is on this side of the park and then it would say oh but go to this side of the park because the line is long is is short Oh my mm. God, that's on the other side of the park, right? <laughs> and by the time you get there, everyone has followed the genie thing and it's no longer short anymore. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's awful. It is an awful thing a, that I will not use again. I would throw it in the garbage if it wasn't part of my phone. <laughs> it's, it seems like, yeah, it's like a good idea in theory, but not quite. Yes. 
not quite there, whether it needed some more like machine learning or, or just, or just it, what it needs of... is just simplification and like ask a user yeah. what they really need. Like I just, I would like to see the times for the ride. That's all I need to see is like the right off the bat, the map, the park map and see, do we want to go to space mountain? No, it's two hours wait. Oh, look, it's only a 30 minute wait. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, it depends on, it depends on their goal. Right. I remember yes. our expert guide when we were in Anaheim telling us, cause I was like, Oh, are we going to, get our picture with mickey or something like that that seems like a thing yeah from being a kid and watching the commercials on the on the you know aladdin vhs or whatever like this is part of the experience and he was like no no you don't go you you avoid the people in suits like they're 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 doing crowd control it doesn't seem that way Mm -hmm. but they they deploy them into crowded areas to draw the crowd away yeah and i'm like that is genius yeah and genius in a kind of uh not evil but like manipulative way yeah yeah right right Right. and so it so who knows what the what their intent and purpose with that app is like is it to find people the rides they want to go on or is it to try and balance the like uh the line loads Mm -hmm. throughout the whole park or something like that they might have a a different objective yeah or or um goal intent, intent with, yeah with an uh, like in that. my tech and tourism course when we talked about disney a lot um last semester we spent one day on this genie thing and this was before it was released right it could, we all kind of mm. knew what it was what they were saying and things and i had asked right. i remember asked we discussed in the class i was like so what what do you guys think is this going to be um are they going to send me try to sell me things they're like they're going to send me to the shops you know or or whatever right, right. um what's what's it, are they going to manipulate that was kind of one of our things in ethics and technology um, I can tell you this from our experience with this 100% they do. They tried to put us to the most expensive restaurants that were near us all the time. And they were per- floating sure. those things to the top. Oh, you should, the recommended thing to do, it like you'd open up the app and the very first thing and big stuff is like recommended for you right now is to go over here to this sh- Trader Jill shop and check it out. And I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. a really expensive shop right next to me. No way. <laughs> right. I had a similar, uh, this won't mean any, mean anything to anybody that's, that's not part of this this world but in the like rv and nomad community mm-hmm. it's it's actually true on boats too the people who live in houseboats and whatever people need internet right yeah and there is what i call cellular internet or mobile internet the internet you get on your phone yeah 5g lte whatever um and you can get that obviously you can get it on your phone and tether people know about that um but you can get access to that without a phone the same way that you, you know, have Wi-Fi. It's different, you know, different protocols, but it's still radio. Yeah. Um, and so you can get a modem with a router just like you do at your house, except instead of plugged into a cable or DSL line, it has an antenna that you, you know, put on top of your camper or on your boat or whatever. And there's a website that there are several websites, but there's one in particular that sells these in a bundle and the the system is all complicated but i emailed them and i'm like i have this kind of camper and it's got a like a blank um uh it's the word i'm looking for there's there's like a panel um i'm gesturing with my hand (laughs) there's a there's like an oval panel on my roof that has screws on it that is designed for a specific antenna that antenna is not very good because it's made by a company that manufactures 
RV components. Mm. And I'm like, I'm looking for an antenna that will fit in that opening or come really close to it so I don't have to cut a hole in my roof. Right. And the person who emailed me back was like, well, you'll probably want this and this. And based on what you described your usage needs, you probably want this bundle. And I go on their website and look, and it's their most expensive Of course bundle. it is, right. And I'm like, I'm like, is that really your advice, or are you just trying to push your newest, most expensive thing? And I know yeah. that they're not, like, price gouging, because these are, like, commercial um, um, components. They're, like, the the modems and routers that they put, like, in trains and buses. Yeah. And stuff for, for all the passengers to use. Like, it's not consumer-grade um, um, components. So right. I know that it's it's already expensive stuff, but I'm like, ah, this makes me skeptical. Well, the, the worst thing about salesmen, anyway. salesmen and bundles is that always, always the most expensive one will give everyone everything they need. Like, that is right. an answer, right? That, and they're not lying. Yeah. They're not misleading to say right. to say that like, they're like this will meet your needs they're not lying it's the most expensive one for a reason right 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 and so that's that's just really crappy i think but so wait the last thing i want to say about my disney trip and we'll move on to something else was that um i did i got to this year we did and it was exhausting doing this but was the the epcot we did eat around the world and drink around the world obviously uh, sydney did not drink around oh yeah the yeah world, yeah but... i forgot i forgot you talked about that my sister did that when she went uh I don't know, like 17 or 18, she went to Orlando. That That is not easy. I will say that much. It's it's not a, you'd think it's an easy task, you know, all day. There's you, only you, like 10 things. You updated us with where you were going and it didn't seem like that. I, f- I feel like I didn't see more than like five or six places. Oh, there there was a lot. I, I, I drank some. Or did you, did you not report them? All, I, maybe? Not all of them. Most of them I did, mm. but you're right. It doesn't seem like it's a lot, but. As you're walking and it, and being exhausted, it really is. Mm. Like you're, was you're, it kind of spread out? Yeah, it's kind of spread out. Yeah, it's, it's there's pretty space in between them. Um, and you know, you you have a you have like let's just say, uh, I, this is gonna be nothing for anybody here in Bloomington, but if you, if you're <laughs> at Atlas, um, and you get get a beer, your next place is over at, um, uh, Yogi's, is what it would be. Okay. About that okay. distance. So you're, you're talking about, to people who aren't familiar with Bloomington, you're talking about like a mile? That seems like Maybe. a lot, but I, I don't really know what a mile is. But it, yeah, sure. If you think that's what it is. Maybe not a mile. Maybe in a, half a in mile. A, in like a, what, like five city blocks? Yeah, maybe something? maybe like five city blocks. Okay. That's about right. It's pretty far. Um, and four or five. And then, um, you, so you can get that beer down. Right, mm-hmm. uh, but then you're ready for another one. So, you know, let's say it takes an hour. It doesn't seem can you, can, it doesn't seem like a lot. Can you walk like you're in the Disney park, right? So mm-hmm. there's no like open carry. Yes, law restriction. Totally. Or yes. You, so you get it in carry while you're going. Yeah. Um. So it, it really was not a hard thing at all for the first bit, right? Um. Mm-hmm. It, if if <laughs> sure, if, sure. if anything, you get like. Like all good bar crawls. <laughs> yeah, right. It's really easy at the start. It's all easy to start. And it's not for, for me. It wasn't the, the thing you might think it is. Like the first, I, by the time I got to France, which is about like the third maybe uh, world country they've got okay. there on the thing. Um, to, to explain what I'm talking about here, uh, Epcot has around a big lake, like half of the lake. It's a really big circular lake. 
they have mm-hmm. uh, pavilions. They're like these large themed areas that are that are uh, based on countries. And I think there mm-hmm. might be like ten or so of them, um, or a little bit more. And they're you, know, you you learn their shops and it's very it's all cultural kind of information and things and they sell things about that. And in each place they sell alcohol based from the countries and those places mm-hmm. and food and whatnot. So when we were talking about eating around the world. Sydney and I would get a little snacky thing from each country. Like we, we intentionally weren't getting a big meal. We were just getting like a churro from Mexico. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Of course. Um, also to try to keep it affordable. Um, hmm. So th- that's explaining. So I would go from like one country, then walk around these five blocks or whatever to the next country, get anything. And then we would enjoy the country looking at it and stuff, which we've seen mostly, but whatever. And then go to the next. Right. And then here's where we'd have the genie problem. We'd get through two countries and it would tell us, Oh, your fast pass right on the other side of the park is ready so we'd walk all the way to the other oh, side of the park and then walk okay. all the way back around the lake and we'd walk around the, the lake the, not you can't go across the, so it's not a straight line yeah yeah right and i've already explained so you, you were how doing far this was you you were doing other activities in in between yes right so wh- okay that was what threw me off because i would get another picture and i'm like how long is it taking him at east place yeah like, right sure i feel like if you're if you go to you know six or seven different countries that's like you know maybe four or five hours but it was like all day yeah it was all day you would come back with another photo and i'm like because we would go yeah you're right we would go back and forth right to to a ride i see i see Um, so which again wears you out and exhausts you right Um, of course so you you come back and i will say uh the the review of this is that i'd get to france i said about the third one and that's Mm -hmm. one of the the, i tried to stick with beers like to to get with beers there uh, but a couple things were recommended at different places. Like you, you need to try this drink here. It's fantastic. And everything. so at France, it had this frozen cocktail with rum in it and it was really good. And by that time I was definitely feeling some things. So I was feeling like a nice buzz. Um, mm-hmm. But then we walked back to the other side of the park and that buzz was gone. Right. Right. And then right. for me, at least once I get that and wear off, it's hard for me to get another one. Right. Hmm. I just start feeling full is what happens. I start drinking yeah, beers yeah. and I start getting full. And by the time I'm three quarters of the way through this whole journey and you've had eight, 10, almost 10 beers, that's still a lot of beer. Right. And I'm just really full yeah, for sure. Like I'm holding on to it and just mm-hmm. trying to drink it down. Um, and, and the snack at every single one. And I'm like, it was just, it was just very arduous. And by the time I got to Mexico, the last one, it's like, you want to have a margarita? I'm like, no, I do not want to have a margarita. Um, so you get some kind of Mexican thing. Uh, and especially like Germany was one of the the third to third or fourth to last one. And I really wanted a good beer for that one. So I got a full, cause you can get six or 12 ounce pours, you know, price and stuff. I wanted Mm -hmm. a full 12 and I got a 12 man was, I was just like struggling to get through it. I could not drink anymore. It's like, sure. Uh, So yeah, it's, I, I think it was part of the exhaustion and stuff. And I said, it was cold, rainy that day as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I, it was, I'm glad I did it. I wouldn't do it again simply because one, it's a very expensive thing to do. And, um, sure. Sure. Uh, some of them were awful. Uh, I mean, I, I, I can't Japan. Oh, I did not like rice. Um, like a rice lager beer. rice beer did not like that at all. It's not my hmm. cup of tea. Um, sure. there was another one I think from no Morocco was pretty good. Morocco was actually really good. Uh, but uh, another one that was just like really gross. And I think, Oh, Italy is what it was. Everybody's telling me to get wine in Italy. But I was like, again, I'm not a wine guy. Uh, so yeah. I went and got their beer and ugh, I did not like that beer at all. Um, 
So yeah, my- yeah, that seems like a seems like a tough call because like, yeah, beer is definitely the thing where I've done half a dozen or more beer fests. Yeah, right. Like Indiana has, well, they have several now, but Bloomington would get a what I call a normal beer fest, which is like all of the major uh, breweries. I almost said manufacturers. All the major breweries, you know, Bud and Coors and mm-hmm. all that, but they have, you know. All different stuff because it's a beer fest. And then the better one is Craft Beer Fest, where there are microbreweries from all over the Midwest that come and set up, and you get to try all different things. Um, eventually, I think I did this twice, where I would like uh, start a note on the Notes app on my phone. And when something, um, when I tried something that was notable in some way, which is funny, notable, <laughs> but you know, that stood out in some way, I would, I would make a note on it. Even if it's something stupid, like, oh, this IPA is hoppy, you know, um, just so that I would remember it yeah. later because you go around and you try 50 different beers, right? Like you're not going to remember no. one from the other, God unless no. it's something really distinct. Like, you know, uh, one time our buddy Cogswell was working, like he volunteered to work. So he wasn't sampling stuff. And he was like, what did you, did you try anything that was good? Mm. And I was like, well, this booth over here had cider. And he's like, okay, that's, <laughs> that's the complete opposite. I'm like, well, that's the only one I remember because it was so different. So different. From everybody else. That's funny because uh, most of the brew fest that I've been to, I feel the same way. Cider's the one that always stands out. And now you say it, that's probably why. Right. And that's, and that's different from what you're talking about because at a beer fest, at least these ones that happen in Bloomington, you get a little glass. It's like a, like a three-ounce yeah, glass. Bit, right. And you get little, you know, a couple sips of beer at every, and maybe, you know, you can try different beers at each, at each stall, but you're just walking and you're kind of sipping on beer constantly. Right. Um, but it's beer. And I have a problem that I, I think is not uncommon that, um, beer makes me kind of tired. Yeah. And sure. like you said, you feel full, but then at the same time, and right. And so my point with that is if you're going to go from country to country, you're like, I don't know if I want to just try beer. Plus, there are places that aren't necessarily known for their beer, like Italy. Yes, um, right. Or, or even France or, yeah, sure. or Japan, for that matter. Mm-hmm. I know Japan has, like, Sapporo and, and various other beers that are that are pretty popular. They have but, a ton of sake, a whole sake bar. You know, I could have definitely Right, they're, they're more known for, for sake and some of their other things. But, um, but I didn't want, to, like, a high alcohol content. Was, yeah, right. at the same time, like, you don't necessarily want to be you know, drinking Sazerac at 9 a.m. Yeah. or, you know, bourbon. Right. And also one of the, in, you know, speaking from experience, kids, if we somehow have kids listening to our <laughs> podcast, um, you know, one of the easiest ways to get a really bad hangover is to mix, is to drink a yes. bunch of different kinds of alcohol in the same night. Right. So you still wouldn't want to go to like, you know, start in the u.s and have bourbon and then go to france and have wine and then go to italy and have italian wine and then go to japan and have sake and then go to germany and get beer like mm-hmm. you'll be you'll be dying the next day totally the the I, I will say because this is the first time i've done it i know i've seen people with like a shirt or something around before it's kind of how i knew about it but not mm. until now that i actually recognize how many people are doing the drink around the world there's so many people i see they're they're people that are going I'd see them at station to station, the same repeat people, right? Like, oh, sure, yeah. sure. And then they, some people would have checklist shirts in their back. 
a lot of them were mm-hmm. in groups. So you, there was like one group is like 10, 15 people. And they were, they were all going together and they'd all do cheers everyone. And it's mm-hmm. funny because by France, those people were feeling it. Like those people were happy and laughing. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, man. The, and I said, I started to feel a little bit there. And I was thinking, those people are not going to, how are they going to make it all the way through if they're, they're just on their third country already? But they were moving pretty quickly too. So like get a drink, all there, immediately go to the next one just for the drink. And immediately go to the next one just for the drink. So. Oh yeah, not stop and eat. You should, uh, you should organize that when you guys all go to that Star Wars hotel. Yeah, right. It's it it was okay. I mean, it was okay, but it, it was a miserable day. I mean, it's, it didn't help that it was sure. a absolutely miserable day. Um, Weatherwise, you mean? Yes, just absolutely miserable. It was just rain, and when it wasn't raining, it was that like foggy rain, so it's still mm. on you. Just gray and misty. Gray, kind of, yeah. misty. And then the, the wind off the, the lake is always blowing. So it's just 10 degrees colder than what you think it is. And feet are soaking wet. And yeah, just, just miserable. Um, so yeah, it, it was fine was my review of that. It's, it's fine doing that. I'm glad I did it. I don't know if I'd do it again unless I was there specifically mm-hmm. with other people to do just that. Which, sure. which, you know, I don't know. Maybe those people are like season pass holders or something. I don't know how people would pay like a hundred dollar ticket just to get in. And then I guess it's the same as going to a, a beer fest. Right. Um, but you also are paying for $10 a pour. So you're paying another hundred. Yeah. You're paying for the pours. Part of the, part of the value proposition of a beer fest. And I know this isn't true everywhere, but the ones in Bloomington are like, yeah, you pay 40, 50, 70 bucks to get in, but then it's, you know, free pours everywhere. Yeah. I, w- I would say that, if you're not like buying the expensive wines and high, high liquor drinks there, you could probably do it for, if you lived in the area, about $250. That's including the price of admission. So, because okay. it's about $10 for a beer if you bought a 12 ounce. And mm-hmm. there's 11 countries, so there's $110. Um, if you occasionally buy the $15 liquor one, um, so a little bit more than that. And then the, 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 parking and there, you know, admission. Yeah. Yeah. So $250 for a special thing for all your friends. If you're like into tasting different drinks and stuff, I guess that's, you know, okay, but I did it. I'm glad I did it. Moved on. And also yet another thing that did not help me with my, my susceptibility to COVID. Your, Um, your, your immune system. Yeah. Yeah. All (laughs) right. Moving, moving on to that one. Cause we got so much stuff to talk here. Sorry. Talk too much about that, but it was a big trip. Um, uh, on the first day, that we went, um, I had planned into my trip on the two travel days that we would leave really early in the morning flying out there and come back really late. So we would have some like days to shop and hang out and do with stuff. And the first day we went to a place called Disney Springs, which is like the Disney outdoor mall ish, but it's like the size of, I don't know. It's like four, th- four miles by four miles. And it's really big. Right. And they have a gigantic theater in there, right? It's a AMC okay. theater, but mm-hmm. it's the Disney AMC theater. Um, mm-hmm. and Sydney had wanted to watch Spider-Man, uh, no way home. And I was like, man, I don't know if I want to go on a trip. Yeah, we, we talked about this last time. Right. But I decided to, anyway, I was like, yeah, it's fine. We'll, we'll watch one. And I went and got on, on the app to get a thing. It's one of those theaters. You have to reserve the, the slots, right? The, the seats mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. every spot was full except for like a, like a 10 o'clock at night viewing. And two seats right in the middle, right up in the front row. 
And it's not like okay. some other theaters where you've got like a 15 feet between the front row and the screen. This was easily five feet before the screen, like barely stretching out and I could touch the wall. So it was so close to the, to the screen. Um, hmm. And, but we decided to go watch it. Um, and I think you went, you just mentioned that you went and watched it that night. So we got to watch it Saturday. Yeah. That, that day. Right. Or within that weekend. So let's talk about some Spider-Man No Way Home, shall we? Yep. All right. Uh, so let's, um, I don't know. Do you want to try and do a spoiler-free or or save that for the end? It's, it's hard, kind of, hard, hard to talk about spoiler-free. It's hard to talk about this at all without spoiling it. So um, I'm going to hit the bell here. If you've not seen... The latest Marvel movie, Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, definitely don't listen to us talk about it because <laughs> we'd be spo- if you haven't already, it's like, it's a whole thing. But the, the, I think the spoiler thing is, is really sad because this is one that the internet wanted to say I told you so for like the last year. Right. Yeah. And, and they were just yeah. dying to say I told you so. It's like there were, there were just enough leaks that like the more... Uh, Disney Marvel and the actors involved like denied it. People are like, "Yeah, sure, sure, you're not. We can, we can see." We talked about this a couple weeks ago with the with the trailer, and I watched the Screen Crush video, and I'm like, you know, I watched the trailer, and I'm like, okay, maybe not, but if they were gonna do that, they would not put it in the trailer. So you've right. not convinced me that it's not. And then I watched the Screen Crush video, and they're like. Yeah, if you look right here, the the lizard croc, whatever he's called. Um, oh yeah, I'm gonna lizard, get, I'm gonna lizard, get mad for that right. one. Um, he's 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 jumping, he's diving to attack somebody that's not there. And Screen Crush uh, guy Ryan Harry is like, yeah, they probably right here is where they digitally removed one of the other uh, Spider Men. Right. And, and in that scene, there was actually all three Spider Men. All three of them were there, but that was the one. Where they're like, look here, he's diving at nothing. Yeah, so that's probably sure, where somebody sure. is. And, um, but, you know, I don't know if this was just because it was opening weekend and the theater I went to in Alabama was packed. Um, those leaks did not stop the theater crowd from cheering and applauding when oh, each of, yes. of Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire took off their mask or appeared on screen. Yeah. Um, this was definitely a theater experience yeah. show, right? Like because of those things. Like, yeah. I, I, the first time it happened in my theater was the daredevil when daredevil showed up at Matt Murdoch. Right. And, right, and yeah. that's when there was like this hesitancy to clap, like a couple of people clapped and all of a sudden it went into an aurora and everybody clapped and it was like the whips and stuff it was like, okay, this is this kind of show we're watching here. Right. Mm-hmm, um, and, mm-hmm. and I got, I got several of those, which was nice. It's always nice. I think to, that's one of the advantages of, opening night type things is or opening weekend is to have those hoops and hollers. Um, yeah, you're right. The the biggest ones were, were the reveals because unfortunately, um, and maybe not unfortunately, it's like, whatever we talked about this last, I keep wanting to say last week, but (laughs) last time, or maybe the time before in our conversations about Dune, I'm like, I don't think this is going to be a movie that you can't like if you somehow wait until it goes on Disney Plus or whatever. Like it'll still be fine. I don't think it's going to be uh boring and incomprehensible like Dune. Um but 
this movie is really about the experience like the mm-hmm. the the story and the plot it doesn't hold up to a lot of scrutiny it's very fun i enjoyed it very much it's probably the i don't i don't know in the list of like marvel movies that i've seen since Endgame, um you know several of those i didn't see in the theater mm-hmm, so take mm-hmm. that for what it's worth it was definitely the most fun the most like satisfying experiences I would there agree. were i would agree there was at least one one scene that made me tear up there was at least one scene that gave me excited chills like you know watching lord of the rings mm-hmm. back in the day mm-hmm. um and all of that was great but like if i sit and think about the story and the plot of what happened in the episode i'm like yeah yeah a yeah. lot of that was just like okay we're we need a good reason for this next thing to happen and so we're gonna do this yeah. And you're like, that doesn't quite make sense, but I don't care because I know that what's coming is going to be awesome I because think, I think so. I've seen all those movies and yes. you know, it, it's the, the homework thing I always talk about. Like I can't, I shouldn't say I can't imagine because it's not like a lot of people have gotten into comic book superhero movies from Marvel onward, especially like yeah. the middle from like Avengers on whatever. And so if you just picked up, in avengers or you just picked up in civil war and have not seen you know the x-men movies we all saw and the and the spider-man movies we all saw you might come to this movie and you're like okay like so much of all of it like there's still a core of tom holland and the mcu characters in there right but so much of what made this experience entertaining and fun rides on that on that nostalgia and that um like all those emotions involved in that even if you haven't you know most of those movies i saw once you know maybe Mm -hmm. the oldest ones i saw a second or a third time you know and so i forget the details but even having only seen uh amazing spider-man 2 whatever that was called was it called that's right the amazing spider-man 2 um even having only seen that once and not remembering like the lizard and what was up with electro and all that, like the sequence etched in my mind is Emma Stone's Gwen Stacy falling. Right. And so when I watch this movie and I get to see Andrew Garfield catch Zendaya's MJ and that just, just few seconds of interaction between them where like her, her acting in this movie is superb. Right. Like in every scene, I'm like what she's doing, what she's giving us emotionally. And Tom Holland is, is kind of the same way where I'm like, there's a lot here that's, that's just in emotion. Like it's just in what I always call face acting. Yeah. But that sequence that just, it's so fast with Andrew Garfield where she starts to fall and Tom Holland can't go after her. And he goes down there and catches her and you can see like, it's like the it's like the world's shortest redemption scene, right? Yeah, <laughs> where, yeah. It, it was it was very it I'm was like, very quick, right? Y- l- th- that was that was the scene that made me made me tear up because you can right. see like in his face it's all right there and it just just for almost a split second and then it's and then you know the movie keeps going, but yeah. um, the the, the yeah. face act, a couple of the face acting things I, I, I'm glad you pointed that one that's obviously one of the biggest ones, um, se- several other that were really good ones there obviously. Um, Peter when Aunt May, you know, when, when she dies, that that was a 
pretty strong one. I know Sid was choking there, and, and and I was holding it back at that scene until Happy showed up. And then when Happy showed up, and he looks up at Happy, I like my tears were running down the the eyes, and I was like, "Oh my god, yeah, it's, I, it's Happy who was also like head over <laughs> heels for her, and like yeah, and he's yeah. yelling for Peter to get out of there." And I'm like, "Oh my god, it was just he's, it just waves of overwhelming, you know, kind of." I had the I had the unfortunate um, um, uh, situation where somebody had a fussy child. Oh no! During that scene, and so like, if I was not distracted by that, I was distracted by a couple of uh, let me just say comic book nerds, <laughs> um, like whisper yelling at the parents to make their kids be quiet. And oh. I'm like, that's not that's not a th- like you can't make. To, like yes, obviously they shouldn't have. They what shouldn't have like their maybe kids a two-year-old right in the theater. Yeah. But you're not helping by right. whisper yelling at them. Right. Um, and so that that kind of took me out of that moment. And in addition to that is rough. Um, in addition to Aunt May saying the line, which I was like, oh, we got so far with Tom Holland without saying the line. <laughs> but I get it. Like it's you know this the whole kind of thing you're doing with his his origin and setting it up. We're sort of in in epilogue conversation here, but setting it up where he could have been done, right? Yeah. They had gotten Tom Holland to a place where he could be done being Spider-Man in a much more satisfying way than either. And really yeah. this movie was the satisfying conclusion that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield never got. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, they said uh, in all of the, the pre-release stuff, Feige and, um, Tom Holland and Zendaya, all of them were referencing this as a conclusion, like a conclusion to the trilogy, a wrap of the trilogy. I kept calling it trilogy. Mm-hmm. And I didn't necessarily see the first two as linked together trilogy type things. But then seeing this one, just what you just described. Yes, it does feel like a conclusion to the three story arc of this character through his high school. They're, they're calling it the high school, you know, Spider-Man you know, saga type high school thing, where, Spider-Man. Where, where he was in it's, his high school years. It's sort of a very long, because if you, you know, I'm not a big comic reader, but of course the, the one, and I've heard this stuff from forums and the various conversations I've had around this with my siblings and some of my nieces um, who are more into that stuff. Um, uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man is very not, like in some ways he's much more Spider-Man than, Toby McGuire and Andrew Garfield, yeah, especially Andrew Garfield. Yeah. But in certain ways, he's not. Like, some people are very put off by the fact that he's not poor, right? Sure. Right, he's yeah. not, he doesn't have some of those same struggles. He has he is now. some of the struggles that uh, that Andrew Garfield didn't have. Right. But, but now he does, right, yeah. And he's gone through the the great power, great responsibility line, which is maybe worded more accurately in mm-hmm. this in this uh, iteration right? and, and gotten to that like post loss uh, Spider-Man thing, which the, I don't want to say bothered me, but we talked about this after um, uh, Spider-Man homecoming. Is it homecoming? No. Yeah. Yeah. It was homecoming. No, no. It's the other one. Far, far, far from, from home. home. Yeah. And said, you know, part of Spider-Man's origin is significant loss, like loss of a, Mm-hmm. a significant person in his life and to us that seemed like tony right um and so that sort of 
I was like, okay, I didn't, I don't think we really needed this, but whatever, it's fine. Um, and yeah, the, so, so just to, just to wrap my sort of thoughts and then we can talk about the, the, the outro epilogue of it. Um, the moment that gave me chills was the, when they, they work out how they're going to work together. Mm, Um, I loved, I loved the way Toby and Andrew are playing sort of like cool uncle and mm-hmm. cool older brother right. kind of thing. So when, when Tom Allen says that he's in the Avengers, they at first are super positive. They're like, that's, that's great, man. That's awesome. <laughs> that's like, a, are you what, in a band? <laughs> what is that? Is that like a band? Yeah. Are you in a band? <laughs> like, no, they're just like, they're just like super that's supportive. So cool. The big, um, and then they swing, like you see them all kind of swing and the music's mm-hmm. going and I'm like, this is cheesy, but I love it. I love it. It's, it's right. so, it's so awesome right that, now. That, and that's then, been like 30 minutes at least of them just like bouncing off each other in every scene as soon as they got together. It's like that was yeah. just every little thing, you know, especially when they're like start using their sciencing type stuff. I actually liked as soon as Andrew Garfield got on the scene, they became uh, happy-go-lucky Peters again, like all three of them. Even though uh, Tom Holland was going through the most difficult thing ever he could ever go through at that time. Mm. And they helped it, which it was also that was a pretty emotional scene when they all come together and you know, help support him type thing. That was great. Right. Uh, but, but they still almost right away get back into that fun Peter Parker type stuff. And, and I loved Andrew Garfield coming on the screen and having to prove that he's Spider-Man and like walking on the wall and Ned's mom oh, yeah. wanting to clear the cobwebs out of the corner. He's like, he's hanging from the ceiling and he's like, no, what I'm doing is enough. Like, I don't, <laughs> that's right. Like, this, this you can is... see that, that that was a sort of laugh. The, the big laughs, both for me and for most of the people in the theater were um, when Andrew Garfield tells Toby McGuire, he looks like a cool youth pastor. <laughs> that's right. Are you going to suit up? Or... Yeah, that's right. I like when um, Zendaya that... threw the like stuffy at him or something like that. He's like, what, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you not throw things at me? And um and I liked I even liked when they did the dumb memes, like when Willem Dafoe says he's something of a scientist. Yeah, like right. I could hear one of the other nerd guys like, Oh, why would they do that? And it just made it more entertaining for me to know that he was not enjoying it. <laughs> which I, is I, weird, you know, that's right. kind of crappy of me. I, I wonder I, I didn't catch it because there's so many things happening in this movie. I mean, and not in a bad way. I didn't feel too overwhelmed. But um, I wonder if they did any of the Spider-Man pointy things like that, that meme, right? Where they point at each other. But... I kept looking for that. I didn't see it. Okay. I do think um, while my brother and, and sister-in-law are here in town, we're going to um, go try and see it. Oh, I definitely want to see it again. Some of us again. And a once I get of, out of quarantine, uh, I'm shaking it. my fist yeah. in the air. The, and the... then uh, in the, in the epilogue um, was, it was, it was pretty good though. If you've ever played, a Spider-Man video game, you know that there's nothing for him to swing off of to get away from the Statue of Liberty. So I don't know what that was. <laughs> right. But that's, the, you know, whatever. Um, when he goes to... So there were two moments for me that I was just like on the edge of my seat. I had this thing. I've talked about this before, and I forgot. In all the times I've talked about this movie, I haven't mentioned this. So I have an Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. And when we saw Avengers Endgame, in the theater, not at the end of the movie, but in the beginning when they're like, they go and find Thanos and kill him mm-hmm. and all that stuff happens. I got a little alert on my watch that telling me my heart rate was high. 
Yeah. Nice. Right. And I'm like, oh man, I'm, I'm in. And that happened to me in this movie. Oh, nice. Um, I don't remember when at certain points, but I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm engaged in this, but I got to like <laughs> calm it down deep, a little bit, take some deep breaths and, and bring it down. But um, <laughs> when he goes into the bakery uh, before, like the clear turning point is when he sees the bandaid on, on MG's forehead. But mm. well before oh, that, that, right. Oh. Like I think you're talking about see, the ending. Yeah. I can see Tom Holland's expression as he's watching Ned and MJ interact. Yeah. And I think I think I almost audibly, not very loud because I was in the theater, but I think I I just went, oh no, oh no, you knew what was because happening. I knew, I knew he was not going to tell them. Yeah, and then so there was that scene, and then later he's at the cemetery, and he's standing there, and Happy walks up to him, and we've talked about um, John Favreau, and you know, all the stuff with Tony at the end of Endgame mm-hmm. and the other like in um, in Far From Home when he picks him up on the ship and he's he's designing the suit and Happy's just watching him kind of smiling like there's there's a weight to Favreau's reaction to things that I can appreciate so much because of that. I don't know, just something about whatever of that resonates with me. Right. And... So he's there, you know, uh, uh, Tom Holland is there and Happy walks up to him and you're like, oh, this is going to be, you know, I had a moment of like, (laughs) okay, well, he's got, he's got, he's still got his, his guy, his buddy, you know, even though he's left his two best friends, you know, his friend and his, and his love, you know, forever without him, he's, and then. I think even before they talk, like I, I, this this you know thought process went through in my mind, and I had another like, oh no, mm-hmm. like, and then they do the line of like, you know, how did you know her? And I'm like, these guys are strangers now. Right, he's all alone. He's all alone, and it was so he's, he's tragic. Alone. Yeah, the, the um, I I knew yeah. I knew when. He immediately starts going big time with his friends about. I'm going to tell you guys. Don't worry. We're we're going to come back. I'm going to get right back together. We're going to. Do, I'm, and I mm. knew right then. I'm like, okay, they're they're going to. This is that. Uh, I was almost inside mini Iro. Like this is clearly not going to happen, guys. They're building it up so right. much. I, yeah. I knew it wasn't. But but I also had this exact same time. I had the same feeling. as like, how are they going to like uh, have him not do it? Because this just makes all sorts of sense that he totally should go back and tell them. There's. If if they just say oh we know he doesn't it's gonna be that's gonna be really so I had a little eye roll of like it's gonna be lame, and then like you said right at the moment when he walks in that thing it was like all of it came together is like oh this is why he won't tell them oh because it's Peter Parker like I mm-hmm. it, it was it was a uh, I, what I called a, a a tragedy or um the tragic hero type thing it's it's the the moment I felt like this is exactly what this character is and when. Kevin Feige always talks about keeping the essence of the characters, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's hard to say what it's always debatable by a million super nerds, me included, about what an essence of a character is, right? What Captain America right. is. That's, but, but there's a couple things that you, people can kind of ping around and him being, you know, always sacrificing, sacrificial hero. That's what I'm saying. He's always mm-hmm. sacrificing and not getting anything for it, but still, getting up every day and doing it and making the choice to make the sacrifices 
and actually sacrificing, not just like saying it and getting it back, you know, retconned. He's right. Peter Parker is always he, the reason he's down on his luck. He never gets things to go right. Is, but the thing is, he still get pits on that suit and keeps going and works hard. And that's a define like if Captain America is, you know, he get, keeps getting up, you know, he could do this all day type thing. The, right. his, his is or fight the bullies. His is this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sacrifice all things. So when he walked into that room, it just like it was a warm sadness came over me like good yeah. because this is him. And this is what makes him such a great different character than all the other just quote unquote young heroes. This is mm-hmm. what makes him different, but super sad because I didn't want it to happen to him. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. seeing Sydney experience that, right. She's young and never really experienced the Spider-Man story or things. You know, I can see it be sad on her. Right. And I like, you have to have this, right. You, you mm-hmm. have to have this sadness type thing. Um, so yeah, I, I will, there's, there's a lot more to say, but the, the only thing I'm going to wrap up on this, this show without spending another two hours on it is I, I, there were people listening who aren't still should not be listening with spoilers, but you wonder like, how do they get all these people and all this stuff? I felt that they had so many people in, in it and it's still, every person had their bit. And I think it felt pretty successful in all the villains getting their time in. Um, Spider-Man three so. got a lot of flack for having too many villains had, had uh, Sandman and it had venom in it. And they're like, it's just too many, right? Just too many things going on. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. but this had like way more than that and pulled it off because it was a good script. Right. And every little, yeah, well, they and had, you, and it, you have the, you have the benefit of, of prior movies, right? Yes. It's like, Correct. it's like Avengers or especially, um, especially infinity war like yes. infinity wars doesn't explain anything of who anybody is because we already know all of the heroes we already know who thanos is um all of that is already there and so they can just drop you right in that opening sequence and you're like yeah we know we know who these guys are and the ones we don't are like okay there's this guy he's you know one of thanos's like lieutenants yeah and, you, and you, that 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 was saying the words you just said could be applied to spider-man the same way it's like they just drop in right they drop in doc ock and he's got something you don't need to tell a whole lot but you kind of know him already and yeah and, and even if you haven't you get the idea that like he's not a bad guy right and and they give him just enough talking scenes and stuff to do that you get a whole arc out of that you even get an arc out of jamie fox's character which mm-hmm. doesn't have a whole lot but he still has this okay this guy clearly has a motivation. It's like they made it a point that every character got across in an organic way, their motivation, right? Right. He, Jamie Foxx was always playing, whether it be face acting or whatever, that he didn't, he was very skeptical of getting his power taken away, that he really liked it. Mm -hmm. Right. And that uh, the Sandman in every one of his lines did not care about anybody else. He did not care about good or, or bad. He just wanted to get home. That's all he wanted to do. Right. And so, yeah. like, everyone had their motivation really well done. Okay, so last bit. Uh, last bit before we go into the, the final thoughts. Um, okay. I saw the, what I'm just going to call the trailer for for uh, Doctor Strange and the mm. Multiverse of Madness. Multiverse of Madness. Which was the, mm-hmm. the end credits thing. I mean, that's a trailer, right? Um, right. I, I wouldn't talk about the Venom one. It was kind of lame and I don't understand why they did that. It just like, if you saw the recent Venom, he got transported into the Marvel MCU at the very, in his tag. 
mm-hmm. and this tag basically just pulled him out of it. So maybe, yeah, maybe Marvel was like, you know what? Um, you could just keep Venom in your own world. I mean, because <laughs> his or, movie, his movie or, was terrible. or Sony said that. Who knows? It's yeah. Like, but for whatever reason, uh, um, um. Venom got pulled in. Yeah. Whatever I, I'm Eddie blanking Brock on his name. Ed, Eddie um, uh, Bane. What's what's his name? Oh, the um, the the actor. Yeah, I can't think. Actor. Of yeah. Um. Anyway, his Venom is not in the MCU. Mm-hmm. And they did leave it a little. As, they did leave it a little open so that as uh, of the, right the now, MCU Tom Hardy. Marvel, that's who's Tom Hardy. That's it. the Marvel that Marvel can do its own spin on Venom. They did leave that little right. bit. So there's yeah. that. Uh, but the the anyway, the Multiverse of Madness um, trailer, we can talk about that for a second. I thought you were on my head on this one because the big thing shot there is that uh, the evil Doctor Strange is in here. Right. right? And which which and the reason I that's, say you is because you were that's, like that's not really spoiler for this movie. It's spoiler for uh, what Multiverse if? of Madness or it's a trailer though, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's been, they actually has since released that as the trailer for Multiverse of Madness. Um, so it's Doctor, it's evil Doctor Strange, which makes it, which makes what if the thing that you did not like, that you said that you were happy about what if not being, which is doesn't, you can watch it in isolation. You don't have to have any baggage. I don't Which think, ended up, I mean, maybe spoiler for what if, but it doesn't hold that anthology format. So it doesn't. Yeah. Whatever. And now, and now. To really appreciate the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, you need to at least watch that one episode of What If, right? I mean, I mean, I think, I mean, I won't, we won't know until we see that movie. But I think they can explain what we need to know from that from that episode. Oh, they can clearly just say he's evil. They can just say he's Mirrorverse Strange. Like they could this, this is what's different about his universe. This happened to not Rachel, whatever her character's name is. Yeah. Um, and here's what he did to try and, you know, undo that. And that's how he became. That's this. how he became. Yeah. But it was cool seeing him, right? Like, I thought that was yeah. really neat. Like, when, when they showed Evil Doctor Strange, he was like, oh, that's the, that's, oh, I can't believe they did that. They took Cartoon Guy and made him into to real guy. Yeah. So, yeah. which was pretty, pretty cool overall. And, and I, I did like the whole Wong voice over the fact that Wong is actually the source of Supreme now, which was kind of great. He's a technicality because he was flipped because of the because of the blip. blip. Yeah. Um, but the voiceover being from Baron Mordo is that um, Strange does all the wrong things like all the time. And if you actually watch anything movie he's in while he's awesome, he's arrogant as hell. And he just like mm. every time Wong is like, don't do this thing. He straight up does it. When the, when the previous source of Supreme says, don't do this thing, he totally does it. Like, all mm-hmm. of the problems that happen with Doctor Strange, he helps set in motion, right? So, this one being like, your time is up, kind of makes sense. I actually like the inclusion of Wanda. She looks pretty cool. Like, he straight up comes there and says, like, I don't care about Westfield, you know? Right. Here for some of it, which seems like something he wouldn't care about. Um, right. So, anyway, yeah, that I thought it looked pretty cool. Uh, so you want, let's do final judgments real quick on this on Spider-Man. Okay. Far from home. How, 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 thumbs up, thumbs down. What do you think? Would you recommend it to other people? Boy, it's even, it's even hard to say this without spoilers. Um, I mean, you can yeah, see, be very careful here. Yeah. The trailer shows you that 
the the villains in this movie uh come from the previous movies yes um and so i think it was a very fun experience for people even vaguely familiar with the older movies mm-hmm. um and i think the things that feige and and others said in interviews are accurate that it's a whether whether this is the last we see of of tom holland in this universe or not i don't think it is because i think he's already signed on to more movies with with disney as long as he um, can make the bank which he sure can it's a it's a good conclusion to this i don't know home trilogy whatever mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. calling it um the high school years so i think i think a solid like 8 out of 10 for me yeah i i would say that's pretty close to what i would give it to i i think that i think that you can if you're a fan of uh like you said there's the old villains and th- that kind of old <clears throat> uh nostalgia part of it you so you can be a fan of the old ones and really enjoy this uh or just be a fan of the new ones and really enjoy it i, th- I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think it's 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 a movie for all of that right um can you watch this in isolation by itself no probably not like you can't watch a third movie of 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 anything of a trilogy without yeah Um, yeah even even for that i said this in the spoilers but i'll say it again this is um some of the some of the best performance we've seen from tom holland and and zendaya mm -hmm. in this uh i agree this trilogy yeah uh so but but yeah that's worth it to go for um story is pretty great uh if what if not like just medium but everything else with it acting character progression um all of that stuff is well done every uh people who have a speaking line none of them are lame or unbelievable or and if it is it's quickly you don't think about it too much it's just the way the pacing and the script and the directing and it's one of those things that it's how do they say the marvel way is what they're kind of coining now it just happens right just it just it seems like one of those things that like, it's a no duh. You have a good script, you have a good director, you have a good, it's the, it's the thing we've, we've said, and we didn't coin this. Somebody is, is quoting uh, Kevin Feige or somebody in this. It's, it's character first Mm -hmm. uh, story second. Yeah. Um, And the, the experience is, is well worth seeing in the theater. So if you have the opportunity uh, uh, to do that, that's, that's our recommendation. And he said, you said this in the spoiler, like Dennis even going to go see it twice. And I know, and I'm not yeah. saying it's like, oh my, crazy, but you know, you, you often don't see movies twice in the theater. So this is one that you would, that says a lot in itself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. I have some family motivation, you know, organ. I don't know if it was just me, if I would go alone again to a theater, but. Right. Uh, but, but it's, it's not, not a terrible thing to go watch that again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and Sid and I definitely want, are going to go watch it again for sure, obviously. But uh, yeah, definitely thumbs up. I think anyone can go watch it and find Granted, if you haven't seen any of them, sure you're bringing a noob into it, then I don't know, but that's the only exception. Um, lo- loved it. Happy, happy times. Uh, where do we go from here with, uh, another Spider-Man? I don't know. It definitely rounds off the character. As you said in spoilers that, uh, his story can be done. It's nothing. That's a spoiler there. That's kind of all the people creative team involved with it have said that, um, it does wrap up this character story that he's currently on a journey, I guess. And kind of sets him into mm-hmm. a new life situation. And uh, yeah, they can totally make more, right? Um, and they will, 
course they will. Um, it's money. But he made like a ton of money, by the way. This movie made for pandemic times like crazy money, um, mm. which is super surprising. Like in theater, crazy money. Uh, so yeah, they, they will. They'll 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 be more. It's just going to be. I think it'll be just a different, a different thing. Like they're going to move on to a different tier of this character, you know, which is mm-hmm. compelling. I guess is, is the word. Okay, we got so many things going on, and we're we're still running through time here. Uh, yeah, we're we're running long, so uh, we should we should talk about our movie. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. should be quick. I yep, yep. I I don't have a lot to say, but all pretty positive. <laughs> Fam- famous last words, right? Uh, famous last words. So um, let's do that I'll, real quick. Yeah. All right, so. Um, this week we watched the Peanuts movie, mm-hmm. Peanuts, Charles Peanuts. Schultz, Charlie Brown. Uh, that movie came out, I want to say, 2015. Sure. And it's... Uh... You can hear my typing while I look it up just to make sure. Not that <laughs> whatever, there there were not that many uh, Peanuts movies. So I... It's the newest to one, give, I think. Just to give some, some background on me... Uh, with regard to this uh, franchise IP. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a kid, I had the paperbacks of the old comics that were comic strips that were, you know, compiled and bound mm-hmm. into these little mm-hmm. paperbacks. Yeah. Um, and I would read them before falling asleep. So, oh, so those, you, those you, are things you, you're intimate with this. Franchise. Yeah. Every, yeah. every once in a while, there would be something, some reference that I'd, I'm like, what's a Davenport or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause they're, you know, it's, it's an old, old uh, IP. Yeah. And then I have also seen things like the Charlie Brown Christmas special, which oh, I, I watch it every year. A lot, uh-huh. a lot of people have seen, seen well, you know, watch it almost every year. So mm-hmm. every um, every line, every sound, every weird way that the actor voicing Linus pronounces a word, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'll be I'll be with my sisters, siblings, or whatever at 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 church on a Christmas Eve service, and they're quoting. Um, the passage where the angel appears Linus, yeah. to the to the shepherds, mm-hmm. the the line that Linus and you know his thing, and these these angels appear, and I'll lean over to my sister and go, and lo, and lo, quote, right, you know yeah. the the King James there, right. but um, so I have I have those two things plus there's um a full length movie called uh, A Boy Named Charlie Brown mm-hmm. where uh, he goes to the spelling bee, yes, I don't know if you. I've right. seen that. Um, there's a lot of, you know, iconic music in that, a lot of Beethoven and so mm-hmm. forth. Um, and so this movie, I got a little lost in the overall plot right. of what was going on. Um, and there were parts of it that, I don't know, as a, you know, maybe not lifelong fan, but as a as a person who as, is familiar with, the Charlie Brown IP for, for my entire life. Yeah. Um, felt a little too optimistic. And I <laughs> okay. know people, people who know me, you know, on this podcast know that I, I tend to be pretty cynical, mm-hmm. but like, that's to me what the Charlie Brown character is. Like he True. has glimmers yes. of hope, but for the most part, he's this like sad sack picked on right. kind of downer, yeah, but it's like sad loser guy. Yeah. It's a it's it is a balance of this thing. It's not a hundred percent dark, otherwise it wouldn't be 
beloved for all these decades. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, but I had those thoughts about the story going through it, but then the more it went on, I was like, you know what? This is, this is okay. Like it makes the, um, the, the, the optimism or the, or the glimmers of hope are all the more meaningful and valuable because there's so much like downer. I don't want to say darkness because it's not, you know, this isn't a Tim Burton movie, right? Like (laughs) it's, it's Charlie Brown. Um, and that's, I mean, that happens in, this is maybe spoilers for a boy named Charlie Brown. He goes to the spelling bee and he doesn't win and he comes home and everything's still crappy again. And he, you know, stays in his room for a couple of days and Linus right. comes and finds him. And he's like, he's like, yeah, th- while you were gone, this happened, this happened, this happened. Like a lot of things, like their baseball team won a game because mm-hmm. he wasn't there. <laughs> right. But he, but he says, you know, his conclusion is like, you went and you tried and you failed but you know what the world didn't come to an end right and it's it's like just a just a little bit of hope which is which is great like it's it it feels real like to to people who maybe you know i think even very positive you know blessed fortunate people still have bad days sure and you know most of us i think probably have more like bad or mediocre days than than great days and so to 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 get that so that's the like overall like moral lesson yeah. of it but the the moment to moment um scenes and sequences in the movie i appreciated because they very often used some of those iconic lines that are in those old yep, um movies and specials and and shorts and then also scenes and lines and sequences that i remember from the comics that i've never seen adapted or or translated into movies right. and then they did something that is, I don't want to say unique, but this movie is uh, 3G, 3D CG animated. Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. it's not traditional 2D like all the old all the right. old stuff. And there are times where the animation is emulating or paying homage to those old cartoons, right? Mm-hmm. In the ways that they they dance in these kind of repetitive patterns in a weird, you know, you've seen the Christmas special, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm talking about or the comics where the thing in the phone. And when the phone rings, it like bounces, bounces it it, it floats up off the table while it's ringing and then lands back down. And I'm like, that is the way that Charles Schultz represented the phone ringing in the old comic strips. If it was ringing, it was floating off, off the table. Like it's this, this frenetic action that you can show, in yep. a panel obviously if you read comic books you know there's all kinds of that stuff but these comics were you know line art they were very simplistic compared to full color comic book right. and so i appreciated how even though the animation was 3d it still at times felt 2d and still expressed that unique style of the comics of both the original comics and the movies that were based on them yeah. um all throughout and all of that was great so i i liked um so i would consider myself like i would call you a big fan is what i would call it which which i, I love i didn't know that about you and i think that's really cool uh, i would call myself a medium fan not of, of like i'm a big liker like huge i like charlie brown okay, and, sure. and i like this the peanuts uh, a whole lot like they're like 
dear to my heart. But I'm not as big a fan, right? I haven't watched all the things. Watch it intermittently. We'll once a year or twice a year we'll watch things. We'll watch the the Thanksgiving one, and then we'll watch mm-hmm. the Christmas one. And that's that's my exposure to to um, Charlie Brown, you know, mostly. So, um, this is an old franchise. It was old when I was a kid. I'm 46 yeah, years same, old, and it was same. old then, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so when I was a kid, and they came out with the or little kid, uh, they came out with these these um, Christmas specials and such that are that are forever. And that was like the staple for my generation type. That's what, what Charlie Brown was exposed to that kind of stuff. There's mm-hmm. all the side things and other stuff too, but that's what, what, what it was when they, they published it. And they haven't really put really good ones out since then. And now when they put this one out, it felt like, okay, now they're leapfrogging to the, uh, another like two generations on there, like stamping the ground and saying, this is what the peanuts is for the current kids right now. And it made me feel good for that. Like they captured all of the things that I remember peanuts being from Charlie Brown to Linus to Lucy to the Red Baron to, you know, all of the mm-hmm. stuff. They captured all of the important scenes and all the important people and, and with a story to tie it all together so that anyone who's never seen, who's a kid who's like 10, 12, 13 years old even or younger and had never seen Peanuts before could watch this and be like, and get all of the characters and get all of the stuff that Peanuts is about. And I think it did it really well. Um, now I agree with you with the Charlie Brown thing. I think you're right. I, I, I will say that the uplifting positive things that, that it does in here is actually, it's funny, the, the difference between the two of us is actually what I liked best about this version. And, and sure. but I can, I definitely see what you mean by, cause I agree with you. All of the Charlie Brown, in the past was definitely sad loser. Doesn't really win anyway, but Linus always, almost always invariably comes in and gives you, gives him the, the realistic pick me up type stuff. Which makes Linus mm-hmm. my favorite character, but um, uh, yes. So I definitely agree that it is more hopeful in that respect. And I and me being more the eternal optimist, loved that part of it. And that Charlie Brown in a couple scenes does get like his due. Finally, he gets with their little redheaded girl. Spoilers. Sorry, there's no bell. Uh, gets with the little redheaded girl, um, even though he, um, what is it? He doesn't. Uh, the contest, the talent contest or something that doesn't win that thing. He goes out and helps Lucy out um, and has a happy moment. So he has, a, he has several happy moments in this one, which he is mm-hmm. not prone to having almost ever. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So, so this one definitely has, and that made me feel good. And that's one of the reasons I remember putting this on the, on the list. Cause I, it, it made me feel almost like closure, <laughs> almost like having a life lifetime of watching this poor guy, and him actually finally getting a happy thing made me feel pretty good. Made me feel like, oh, you know, yeah. almost a little yeah. teary up type thing. Like, poor Charlie Brown. I love him so much. And I hate saying poor Charlie Brown. Uh, but he finally got the thing. So, so you're right. I definitely agree with what you had said on that one. It is, and that is a departure from the character. But this one. Uh, and I also loved the Red Baron because I loved the Red Baron growing up with Snoopy. Um, and they did this one really great. With You know, he's got... Um, his girlfriend, what, what's her name? The the little poodle dog, um, and Fifi or something. Yeah, Fifi, right? And she's in it. And Woodstock's great, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, that, that all that, that is so great. That Snoopy Woodstock stuff, I appreciated that it sounded like the old cartoons. Yes, right? right. They're still making the same little sounds. The parents talking on the phone still sound like a trumpet. Yeah, they they uh, and they had they had stuff. kids do the voice acting for all these, which is mm-hmm. great. Not having adults that sound like kids, um, and the right. kids did stellar and were wonderful. Um, 
so yeah, I, I really, I again watched this movie again and, and really, we watched this one when we were on vacation actually and um, loved it still the same way, feel the same way that I did before and I'll watch it again. It's, it's uh, you know, some of the, all the, the Peanuts uh, shows or movies or whatever are, are good. They're not bad, but some of them are like, eh, that was okay. Won't watch it like over and over again like right. Christmas special. Sure. This is one that I would, I would go back to. If I'm going to go watch a Peanuts thing, I'll go back and watch this one again and feel okay that I got my good peanuts in. Uh, so we didn't talk about this, Dennis, but it's your time to pick a movie for the next one. Yeah. Um, we're going to watch um, a movie from my, not childhood, but teen teen years um, called Angus. Oh, yes. Uh, okay, cool. I had not seen this is one before. An, I have not seen this. One. Yeah, it's it's kind of a maybe forgotten gem, whatever. The only reason I even knew about it was one of my friends when I was a young teenager, mm-hmm. somewhere fourteen to sixteen age, um, brought it and showed it to us or something. I don't remember. And we were like, "This is weird." But the cast are fairly well known: um, Kathy Bates, uh, James Vanderbeek. George C. Scott. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, the the main kid I don't think I've ever seen in anything else. Uh, his friend I saw in some stuff in the 90s. Uh, so this is a movie from the 90s. It's uh, James Vanderbeek pre-Dawson's Creek. Wild. Um, and it's a, you know, it's a kind of heartwarming teen coming of age. And I, I remembered it in all the conversations we've had lately around... Uh, the Breakfast Club and Mean Girls and movies like that. Where I'm like, mm-hmm. was there a movie like that for me? Because I didn't see, you know, I didn't see Breakfast Club till I was in my twenties, mm-hmm. and um, and Mean Girls didn't come out until I was out of college, and so yeah. you know, obviously that wasn't wasn't it for me. I'm like, what did I watch when I was like 14 to 16 that you know made some kind of impression on me and then i remembered this movie um the girl in it is from jurassic park i think i said that last time we talked about it um cool uh so yeah i'm gonna try and i think sarah sarah and i watched we were both you know she's four years younger than me but we watched it together that you know when i was a teenager and so it became a kind of iconic in our in both of our history and so we're like we should show this the younger siblings and i'm like you know if we're gonna do that i should have michael watch it and we'll talk about it <laughs> well we we only have like five ish minutes left and uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff on our list to talk about which we're just gonna have to save for next next week um yeah but there's one that's a time sensitive thing i'd like to get over there we both of us watched a show for christmas period called eight bit mm. christmas that's right yeah right so you want to talk about that show yeah um I won't get into this too much because I don't want to spoil it and we don't have time for a full like breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the best way I can describe this and this doesn't really spoil it is that this is like a Christmas story, mm-hmm. the movie that everybody knows you'll shoot your eye out and right. F dash 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 word and the tongue and the pole. I'm pretty sure every person who observes Christmas at all has seen that movie. <laughs> every American, um, right? Yeah. Yeah. Every American. And this is kind of like that movie, but for Gen Xers, right? Like people mm-hmm. our age. 
the the kid in the story instead of trying to get a bb gun is trying to get a nintendo he literally wants the original nes mm-hmm. correct um this it's um an hour 37 it's not super long uh you know it's not full two hour to our movie it's um neil patrick harris yeah is telling the story to his daughter as an adult like in a flashback so the frame like is in today. present day and the first probably 20 minutes to half hour of this movie really frustrated me. Oh, really? I think, I think because unlike A Christmas Story where the parents are like silent generation or, or whatever, like at best, my best comparison to the parents in that movie are my grandparents, which mm-hmm. are still, you know, my grandparents are really too young to be those characters. Um the parents and adults in this movie are very much my parents. Oh, okay. Um, and and I was a kid <laughs> when Nintendo, mm-hmm. uh, you know, was a thing. So there were things I didn't like. There's a lot of the kind of, like, parents just not understanding, right? Like the, right. the right. hip-hop in the 80s. Like, he's trying to explain this thing, and it's even more, like, you'll shoot your eye out is funny to me. Like, right. uh, you know, parents... Like, oh, I heard a kid in in Japan played some of those video games and, <laughs> yeah. and stopped going to school and, and had to be put in a hospital. And I'm like... We're having flashbacks oh, man, at that point, too, right? <laughs> not, not flashbacks, but I'm like, this is a real, like, you know, I don't know. The, the shoot this was a real thing, was, thing that happened. Yeah, you were there. It was probably just as real, but I didn't live through it. Like, I never, uh-huh. you know, I never wanted something like that like yeah, i never wanted a bb gun but right. i did at various times want like a game boy or right. whatever so it was it was a little too close to home <laughs> it really <laughs> just was for, it just really for was. me personally um but i'll say without without spoiling it that when i i did not turn the movie off like i considered doing but i don't really <laughs> i don't generally do unless i'm falling asleep or something um it didn't bother me that much but i was like okay we'll put like if i can leave uh, a castle for christmas on all the way through i could leave this on all the way through. Uh, it's not it's not i know um whatever see, um, my, mine is the opposite i i actually really enjoyed this one like okay not, so, so much so because of the reasons that you necessarily didn't like i identified with so much and so much of this movie that that it, it like every minute was like yep that's how it is oh yep that's like every they would sit at the table and mention how like or there'd be uh, protests and I was like mm-hmm. oh my god it, granted it wasn't for necessarily Nintendo as a whole but Mortal Kombat time and all that stuff like every one right. of the, you know it's rotting your brains or sitting around and you can't get a Nintendo because uh, you'll you you won't go outside and, and fat kids play video games like that's that's right. all those things were like yep. Yep. Right. And that made me love it even more because, you know, we know, I know today that all those people are not necessarily eating crow, but are, I've, they've been proven terribly wrong by society. Right. Like, right. right. Uh, so, so it, it makes me feel good. And it makes me feel like those people are the old people, which they are the old people now. Um, and so that, that made me smile throughout the whole thing. It, the, the format of a Christmas story was perfect. Like, Everything was a little vignette. Everything was just a little bite-sized right. chunk of this person's life with a kind of theme that ran all the way through it, just yeah. like a Christmas I could, story. I could talk for half an hour about how great A Christmas Story is. And and yeah. they do 
pull in some of those things. It's not a carbon copy. There were there were sequences in the third act where I was like, oh, okay, they're gonna they're gonna do this, but they can't. Like, I was I was almost expecting it to end in the same way, and this is sort of a spoiler, but it doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't right. end the same way. I like the ending. Story. I, I thought the ending actually was the best part of the movie. Was yeah, that but it was by the different. time. By the time I got, and really, that's true of a Christmas story too. Like once mm-hmm. you, once you can see past like the the episodes and the jokes and the goofiness going on, and see the relationship between Ralphie and his father when he, you know, he doesn't seem like he sees, like he knows his son, but he does. Right. Um. That's where, that's where the the true like worth and and. I don't want to say goodness, like moral goodness, but just like quality and excellence of that movie is. And by the time I got to the end of this 8-Bit Christmas, I was glad that I endured the first act. (laughs) Yeah, the the ending, I like, I do like that they strayed different from the Christmas story because it could have been very formulaic. I, I like mean, the, the ending, the, the way they did it. The Christmas like story it. holds up. You could just watch it again. Oh, one hundred percent, right? To redo that. So right. Yeah. So so the the fact that you know they they could have just gone with the hey we're redoing a Christmas story, um, but but they chose in the last you know act to not and to do this this kind of a different spin on the ending with a couple little spins, um, mm-hmm. and I I really appreciate that. Like I super it, I like I had a little warm feeling. Like I'm glad they did this for me. Or not for me, but sure. for like the viewer, right? Right, um, right. So, so that I got something new, something unexpected, and still heartwarming all at the same kind of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I really, because of that, and the way it all ties together, it's something that I will definitely have on every Christmas time. I, I definitely will. I can. Yeah, for the same gonna, reasons that that Christmas. I'm going to try will. and show it to my family. My uh, my sister and brother in law have have HBO. This is a HBO uh, Max or something. Yeah. Um, they had already seen it, but the rest of the rest of my ha- family haven't, and they were gonna watch it tonight while we were recording. But I think they're watching uh, the Hobbit. We got a fan edit of the Hobbit mm. trilogy mm. that is supposed to be supposed to fix all the problems. Who knows? <laughs> so they say, right? Fix all the problems. Uh, yeah. That, so yeah. yeah this so could I'm gonna be, this could I'm be gonna a... try and watch that again this season with them and see, knowing the end from the beginning, whether I whether I can appreciate the earlier stuff more. Yeah. We'll the see. the, the uh... I, 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 the thing that Christmas story does that's so great and why it can be shown on TBS for 24 hours on Christmas is that you can watch it and for, for five minutes and that's all you need to watch. Like you could, it could be on in the house and I can see, Oh, this is the, the braces vignette part. This is the braces yeah, little it's, area. Right? It's, it's formatted, um, almost episodically. There's just a collection of little things that happened. Like you could ask somebody about that movie and maybe they remember everything that happens, but not like what order it goes in. Right. And that's how this works, right? Like I, I could be, have this on in the background all the time and pay attention to the scene that like, Oh, I know mm-hmm, this was the mm-hmm. scene, just like it does with a Christmas story, uh, which I really super enjoy. And there's not a whole lot of those out there. I could, this is the only two that I could even think of that do stuff like that, where it's a, a story, many stories with a, an overall story, you know, and, and these mini stories aren't necessarily related. They're just experiences in the kid's life that kind of are relatable to me. Um, sure. So yeah, I, I really did enjoy this one a whole lot and, and I will, will watch it again. Um, I, there's so many little one liners in there or little like things that he says that are so great. And, and 
when he talks about the power glove and then the result in the power glove, like <laughs> I loved the line that gets said there at the very end, like yeah, yeah, what, yeah. what him and his generation has got to learn about the power glove. I was like, that is 100% right. You know? And then, um, the kid, the rich kid having, everyone has a kid granted they're over dramatizing it, which is like, cause he's his memory. He's telling a story. Um, but like everyone had a kid that had all the rich kid who had all the stuff. Right. And then, kind of how what it was and everyone and the braces was even more particularly because retainers because sydney has just got her retainers in not too long ago and we're very cautious of those braces because just like the kid in this story it's it's like i don't think i even realized that watching it it's like the glasses in a christmas story yes right right yeah The, the in this one uh the dentist has or the orthodontist told us sydney and i they told us uh, don't lose these. You get one replacement and then they're very expensive. That's all they told us. Like, I don't actually know. I should probably look it up, but we know that it's very expensive. And he makes a comment in this one. There's a whole section about him, you know, with his, his retainers and he's mm-hmm. running away. He was like, I don't know how much it costs. It was never made clear to me, but I think it's the price of a car. And I was, and then I told, I was told that whatever price it is, if I lose them, I may as well not come home. I was like, ah, oh, there's so many of these lines that are just just so perfect for for me mm-hmm. and, and things like yeah. that. So yes, yeah. lo- love eight bit Christmas. I don't know. I think it was you that had maybe recommended it to us, but uh, I think you had seen like it that. before me. Somebody, Chris or or Fox or somebody, or one, had one of seen our friends. I, I had a I had a sort of slow evening. I think it was one of those nights where we decided we weren't going to record the podcast, and I was like, I want to put a Christmas movie on, but I don't know, you mm-hmm. know. Our buddy Pete has his recommendations, but his like most highly recommended ones are foreign films. And I'm like, I don't want to watch. I don't want to sit and watch a movie. I want something on kind of in the background while I'm playing a game or something. Right. And well, so ne- I ended up I ended up picking this movie. Well, next week we'll we'll continue on with some of the things that, that people are saying. Oh, you haven't talked about this. We'll talk about Hawkeye next week, which wrapped up. We'll talk about some more for all mankind because we we for all mankind Hawkeye uh, uh, Matrix Four Matrix is 4. on our list. We yeah. might we might do this next week. We might push off until the following week. I want to get um, a couple of our friends, especially our buddy Cogswell to come on and talk about season one of wheel of time wheel which of is time done now ended, correct um we've got book of boba fett just started tonight for the benefit there's a, of the there's a lot happening it's, next it's week yeah december 29th but we're still not quite out of the holidays so we might we might push off the wheel of time episode for, for two weeks we'll see yeah how but, but, work. but as listeners we there are those are not to mention some of our normal things like playing new games that we've played and things like that so mm-hmm, we, mm-hmm. We, we have plenty to talk about it, it teaches us a lesson not to take a week off right dennis we can't take a week <laughs> off or just back we get a we, we get a backlog of especially you know it's christmas all these new movies came out oh yeah there's there's even more coming out here soon so that's cool, true. man. I think we did it. We saved some lives tonight. All right. All right. Well, you've been listening to The Front Porches, episode 226. Thanks, as always, to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. Uh, if you want to reach out to us with suggestions for movies we should watch and discuss, you could do that via email. Our address is frontporchpod at gmail.com or go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, and use the contact forms there. If you enjoy The Front Porch, please consider subscribing on the podcatcher of your choice. And while you're there, if you leave us a positive review, we always appreciate that. As always, thanks so much for joining us. And until next time and next year, it'll be 2022 next time. Right. Probably it will be by the time this airs, but for us, <laughs> it's still 2021. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. 
for the front porch. All right, everybody. See you next time.